We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instinct Heart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Pascal, bro. You know, I turn off the Niners game. I turn on the Warriors game. And I see a future James, super James Garoppolo. Did you like that? Did you like that comparison? Um, well, it's funny, but I don't think it's accurate. <laughs> little reverse jinx because he go he he goes ahead and uh, wins the game for him. Literally, go, like goes a ahead, and a half goes later. ahead and throws a terrible pass that Jeff Wilson catches. Okay, listen, heavy pressure. All right, the other team went full engage eight. Whoa, what's going on out there? Um, and you know he wins the game for him. Not everyone, can, okay not with everyone can be Derek Carr and just have an immaculate game today. I think somebody's dying outside. You hearing that? Yeah, he, he heard you he heard you trying to talk about Jimmy G and Gabe Kapler and someone, <laughs> someone just started dying on the sidewalk. Warriors fans, I mean um I shouldn't say Warriors fans. Well I should say Warriors fans. Warriors fans on the timeline are not happy about Gabe Kapler. Um not happy about Gabe Kapler. I think not that's happy overblown. About... What's that? I think that's overblown. Yeah. I think people just care whether he wins or not. I think the the rest of the stuff is worth a conversation, but I think most fans don't even know what's going on. I had uh, a couple of my coworkers ask me kind of, hey, what's going on with that? And then I had to explain that situation, and I explained the Larry Bear thing, and they're like, wait, what? What, what went on there? And I was isn't just that, like, Isn't that the most um, – doesn't like talking about your coworkers bring you back to earth? Because like you get online and people talk about this stuff like, you know, um, one, it's common – news and two like everyone's been found guilty of every accusation right well i guess which is not to say it's not something worth talking about i just think that people think it's just they think like everybody already knows what's going on too um and then yeah you're right and then the other thing is also uh there's never really any uh nuanced conversation around it outside of hey either you're right or either you're wrong when in fact maybe some of the times nobody really knows when anybody is right or wrong um so well welcome to twitter 
Indeed. Welcome to the internet in 2019. Welcome to the Light Years Podcast. Yeah, man. So let's 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 get back on topic. Pascal thirty tonight. Um, it is it is interesting that with D'Angelo Russell out, he tends to go off every single time. I don't know what to make about that. I don't know. I do. I do. The ball's in his hands more. <laughs> um, it's not that like. Actually, this was a great stat. I really appreciated this one. Um, I saw so. I think I've noticed over the last months, like media has far more influence in terms of the way fans think than like I even gave him credit for. So like all I hear since they get D'Lo is how he's a bad player in a trade chip. You've heard that too, right? Mm-hmm. Ball stopper won't fit the Warriors. And like anytime he has a ball in his hands and takes two dribbles, it's like, Oh, why doesn't he pass the ball? You know? And it's like, what, what do you want to do? Pass it to Glenn Robinson, the third, who's going to then dribble into a contested shot. Like he's let him operate out of pick and roll a little bit. Right. But what I was getting at was um, he, the Nets last year were eighth in passes per game. Okay, eighth. Not bad. Top 10 in terms of sharing the ball. This year, when they switch D'Lo for Kyrie, 28th. Which is to say, I mean, D'Lo doesn't move the ball like Steph because contrary to popular opinion that Steph is just a shooter – He's one of the fastest passers in the league and keeps the ball moving at a pace that no one else in the league can. Um, D'Lo, I mean, he does kind of dribble the ball a little bit and kind of sit on the ball a lot, but he's not that guy. He's not Kyrie Irving. He's not James that, Harden. That That is interesting because um, Kyrie Irving is the, the pinnacle of ball-stopping machines. You watch D'Angelo Russell, though. He does kind of stop the ball. I mean, he stops the ball because all-stars stop the ball. Steph's just the exception. People, I, well, that's, that's the thing. Steph is the exception in terms of point guards who can score at an elite level who doesn't stop the ball. Well, I, I also think D'Angelo Russell would be fine kind of not having the ball in his hands. Now, which is not to say he could play off ball because I don't think he can right now. Um, yeah, I agree with you. But – yeah, you know, you're. I, I think that's very fascinating because Kyrie Irving definitely can't. Kyrie Irving definitely doesn't ever want the ball out of his hands. Uh, the, the, irony is, the irony is Kyrie's skill set is. I mean, he's he's number two to Steph in terms of just combination of shooting ability and handle, right? Like he's a, he's he's a better shooter than Dame. Oh, hey, how about the shooter. greatest innovator of all time? Don't for, don't for, <laughs> don't you forget? Don't you forget? Sixteen for forty one. 49 can we talk actually you know what can we talk about that for a second yeah let's go there it's just ridiculous 41 shots to get 49 points and all i see and all i hear from everyone again on the internet is that this guy is like the greatest offensive mastermind in our time or of all time remember the michael jordan stuff that was coming on the offseason what what is that my whole thing is (laughs) someone was trying to argue he's better than kobe bryant and i'm not having that like I'm officially like, I'm Oscar Robertson here, going like, no, no, that's not that's not a real thing. Well, that's just untrue. Yeah, us. because like, you Kobe, can't argue that. Because anytime Kobe took 35 shots, Phil would 
skewer him that he was hijacking the rightfully by the way you know like we <laughs> we complain about Kerr and my thing with Kerr is I think he to be honest some of it's on staff but um it's it's too much you know you got to give him a little more freedom mm-hmm. but um in Kobe's case it was constantly like when Kobe um that the 0506 season when he averaged 35 points a game he got fourth in the MVP and no one took him serious because they didn't they they weren't a title contender. Everyone's like, yep. he's the best player in the league, but he's not a title contender. There's a Popovich interview where he goes, he's struggling with being the best player in the league, but figuring out how to actually win. And I always thought that was interesting because it's kind of like Pop's basically acknowledging the guy's skills. Like he's he's the best all around player, but he he doesn't know how to use his teammates in an effective way to win. And now, 13 years later, all it is is, you know, clout chasing culture and some, you know, 14-year-old who's like I emoji oh, in his bag. And it's it's just kind of like, you know, like James Harden is phenomenally talented, but he's not going to win that way. So effective way to win is probably the, the most key thing you said there because – 1641, anytime somebody has that usage rate, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, James Harden, right? Anybody like that, Giannis, Kawhi, whomever, like you're going to put up huge stats. You're going to average 30 points when you're going to shoot 40 times or you just have the ball. You're going to average, you know, 37 and 7. Every team scores over 80 points and usually about 100, (laughs) right? Like someone's going to get those points. how it works. Yeah. And it's just – I just – I don't understand – well, I do understand why, but it's it's frustrating to see that as something that, you know, people will say that and then, hey, he's a great player. He's a top three player when it's not the most effective way to win. It might be in the regular season, but the fact that we've seen it, it might be not the Wolves in November. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with the Warriors. I mean, we can spin it back to the Warriors. We almost wanted that type of offense because we feel like. Or at least I feel like that's the most effective way to win the regular season this season. And we're not talking postseason. That's not really – that wasn't really the Warriors. Like, we can't save everything for the, for the postseason. We got to find a way to win 50 games in the regular season, right? For the Houston Rockets, it's more – well, you're going to win 50 regardless. You're going to make the playoffs. What – can you figure out what is the most effective way to win when you do have to play – you know what happens so when Rock, they play the Rock, Lakers or the Rocket Clippers? Rocket fans would counter with they had Russ wasn't playing, um, Eric Gordon wasn't playing, and it was kind of a skeleton squad. What would you respond with that? Well, I, there's just that's fair, but the thing is, you need to find a sustainable winning method in the postseason, and you're if you're not going to practice that in the regular season. Then what's the point? Because there's always going to be excuses, right? You can always say even if Russ is there, that's not the way Russ plays, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're just going to keep doing the same thing, we harp on this all the time. And playing the same way. When the time comes, when you got to figure something out and the ISOs aren't rolling, what are you going to do? And I, I just don't think there's a that's, – that's a great thing about the Warriors, um, even with or without Kevin Durant, is that they could either go, you know, pick and roll heavy with Draymond and Steph, or they can go ISO, or they can go, you know, motion offense. And we got frustrated because maybe sometimes they went to motion offense. But they could essentially run any kind of offense that they want, and that was huge. Um, that's why they kept winning. Yeah, so I would um, I would push back on let's let's take this back to Pascal. I, just, <laughs> I love that. I, I mean, D'Angelo Russell is the best player on the team until Steph comes back, and him trying to figure it out with Pascal 
I mean, people were just way too quick to jump the shark that like, oh, D'Lo's dominating the ball. It's like, give him five games, eight games to figure out the chemistry, right? Uh, and the other thing is with Pascal too, um, have you noticed he's a much better finisher than he was in the preseason? He couldn't finish a damn thing in the preseason. All of a sudden in the in the regular season, the guy's just muscling. Like, he figured something out. He figured it, it figured it out quick, which I was surprised about. It's he's just kind of going through people and then going up to finish. He's not trying to do the thing where he, he's trying he's to finish. He's not finishing you know? it off the rim either. Mm-hmm. He it's like it's not like Draymond where like Draymond just can't finish. He never really could finish besides that one seventy three win season. But with Pascal, he's kind of the same size, but like he'll shoulder you out of the way and then finish or like do it in one sequence. It's so smooth. It like reminds you of. I mean, he's not LeBron, but it reminds you of that type of sure. finishing ability where it's – I mean, LeBron's also a, a god athletically, uh, which Pascal isn't. But Pascal's also super athletic. And by right? the, He's also, and by he's the, also crazy uh, – By the way, um, the um, I thought Pascal and D'Lo were both playing well together in that Boston game until they got injured. Like, that was the first game I saw them both going at the same time to a degree. Although D'Lo did have a ton of turnovers. But um, the idea that, like, Pascal couldn't – get going with D'Lo, I think it was way overblown. Um, that game was hard to watch from a D'Lo. He had a couple passes to Draymond where was like, my goodness. But then it's also, well, when was the last time they kind of played together for an extended period of time, right? Let's and, not forget and that. Draymond's yeah. just not the type of player he's going to want to play with because Draymond's not going to finish anything. How bad has he looked to you this season? Are you frustrated with the way Draymond is playing? Or you just don't care? Oh, I'm frustrated. Um... I don't know what to make of it because he, here's the funny thing. People will say Steph is nothing without the system. But in my opinion, systems benefiting a different player on the Warriors more than anyone, you know? Uh, in my opinion, Clay's the one who needs the ball bouncing around to have his massive effect. And certain point forward is far less effective without the ball in his hands, without two of the greatest shooters on the floor. So it's just funny to me. <laughs> it, it is funny when Steph is the system, isn't it? Because Steph could play on ball. He could play off ball. We just kind of whine about what he should play more often than not. Um, also, Mitchell Trubisky is, ter- Trubisky is terrible, even though he just threw a touchdown. Um, oh, Trubisky is terrible, yes. With Draymond Green, I, maybe I'm a homer. Sam, you got to talk me off the ledge. I kind of don't care right now with the way he's playing. I'm kind of – unless you're telling me that he needs to shoot 38% or 40% from three, I already know that's not going to happen no matter what he says. Um, All right, so hear me, hear me on this one. I don't care. I think he is a luxury player. I think he's – he's someone who amplifies the right roster – but I do not consider him a core piece anymore. Does that make sense? Ooh. You have the right players around him. He's going to make them so much better. But I will not I will not um, kind of say no to talent because they don't fit with Draymond at this point. That's, that's where I'm at with him going forward, which is um, – you know, he's always going to be a good defender. He's always going to fit any defensive scheme, and he can be a leader on defense, right? And he's always going to be a good passer. But to be a good passer, you need a requisite amount of scoring and shooting around him. Well, okay. What do we mean by core player, though? Because if 
Warriors don't have Draymond Green next season, let's say they flip him for, you know, a young player that's not ready to play in a couple of picks, whatever, doesn't matter. They can't win the title without him. Like, that's what I mean by I'm, I still think that he's a core I'm not, player. I'm not, I'm, not in, I'm not encouraging you to trade him for the eighth pick overall. But like, like uh, what's that guy? Like Jason Richardson uh, for, for Brandon Holmes. Wright. Um, well, okay, but in terms of core player, I, that's my thing. I still think he is. I think he can easily still be the third best player on your championship team, oh, see, which, just, again, he's I, okay. always been. Or, well, hold, he's hold, been second. Hold up here. He cannot be the third best player on a championship team. He is Andre Iguodala now. I, I don't think it's changing, which is really valuable. Like, Iggy is one of my favorite players of all time, and quite frankly, I'm always going to love Draymond's game. But Draymond cannot be the third best player on a title team. He's – let me put it this way. He can't score at a high enough clip, and he's just kind of a ball mover at this point. Like, you need three scorers who are better than him. The Warriors can't win the title next year if they bring back a fully healthy team with D'Angelo Russell, or they trade D'Angelo Russell in the pick for something that's someone that's not better than Draymond, but it, let's say is a good wing, and they use the pieces that they have and bring it all back. They can't win a title? I find that hard to believe. Unless the Clippers go 16-3 and through the Western Conference this season. I think that's a Clippers will be better next year. Um, well, I don't know. We don't know though. They're not the Warriors. Like that that team could win a title. I don't know about they're not going to be favorites, but they'll be in the top 5. Right? And Draymond would be the third best player on that team. Clay's 30 off of an ACL. Steph's 32. I think that's a lot of pressure to put on them physically if Draymond's going to give them 7 points a game. Is my point. So I'm not saying Draymond can't be an incredibly valuable piece on a title team, but there needs to be someone with those three players who can score the ball because the days of Draymond being a 15-point-per-game player are gone. And that's my that's my ultimate point. So I'm kind of with you in the sense of, uh, you know, is he a – is he the third best player? Well, he might be the third best overall player with everything he does, but he can't be the third option is the better way to put okay. it. He can't, be okay. your, he can't be your third best scorer. He was the Warriors' third best scorer in 2016. Those days are gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that that's fair. I, I still think there's enough left in the tank there where if you even put him around here, you bring back Harrison Barnes and you bring back some facsimile of someone that's similar to Andre Godala scoring-wise in 2015, still think you could win a title with that team. Um because I don't know if he was the third best scorer back then. I, Sean Livingston was good. Iguodala was good. Harrison Barnes was a shooter. Like they had he, guys he was that the third, were good. He was shooter. the third leading scorer, but they had like a they had like eight guys who could get you fifteen in any night. But like strength in numbers. Oh God, Are we bringing that back? Are we bringing that back? Uh, strength in rookies right now is is what they're doing. Uh, All right, let's talk a little. Let's talk a little Pascal and Delo, and then move to the next topic. Um, First off, do you think Pascal can win rookie, rookie of the year? Is he going to have like a Brogdon rookie of the year campaign? Because right now he's averaging over 16 points a game. And with D'Lo out for a couple weeks, um, I don't see like I don't see that going down. Um, well, John Morant's pretty cool. <laughs> John, I think I, I, John Morant's awesome. I think I watched only two games. I'm going to be uh, maybe one game, one and a half of John Moran. I'm not going to lie to the to the listeners, but uh, he looks pretty neat. Um, he kind of looks like what I thought Markel Fultz would look like, uh, right. except except he's actually confident. <laughs> uh, he looks super. He's not a head case. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Marco Fultz looked good today. He made two threes um, and a game-clinching dunk. Uh, but okay, but with Pascal in, in terms of rookie of the year, I think Ethan Strauss, friend of the friend of the pod, uh, I think he said his odds went from like some astronomical to like what is it now, like forty to one or something like that, um, something crazy. Uh, yeah, I I think so. If he's if he like let's say he averages, he's at six, points. He's at sixteen point seven points a game. Whew. Like who who yeah he 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 is going to be an, a Malcolm Brogdon type. I don't know I. But the thing with Pascal is if you did a redraft today, like forget even rookie of the year, if you did a redraft today, where do you think he goes? You think he goes in the top 10? I think he goes at least in the lottery. I think he could be in the top 10. Uh, I also don't your, think your it's... Boy, uh, your boy Jaw is averaging 19 and 6. So I kind of think like... What's he shooting, by the way? Obviously Zion's going to come back, but um, Jaw's shooting 47%. That's pretty good for a rookie. 41 from 3 takes 2 a game, though. Uh, but yes... Uh, jaw looks every bit the real deal, which is pretty cool. It's a good player. Um, looking at the 2019 draft, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, Zion still goes number one. Jaw goes number two. Um, RJ Barrett's been pretty good, honestly. Yeah, I know. That's the one. That one's a surprise. Do you feel like Eric Pascal? Let me ask you this: Do you feel like Eric Pascal would be just as good for any other team? Like, it doesn't matter that he's just playing for the Warriors, right? The Warriors are trash. Maybe situationally he has more usage. But don't you think he could be this good for any other team? Like, we just finished talking about Draymond, you know, maybe yeah, being – Yeah, some facsimile right? of it, I guess. Um, Rue That's Hachi- impressive. Like, I'm looking at Rue Hachimura in Washington. Um, Shout Washington- out to the Asians. Washington's not a good team. I mean, they got they got Brad Beal and John Wall's collecting 50 million a year to sit on the bench. So, um but Ruse, Ruse kind of got the same kind of game as Pascal, where he's just really athletic and knows how to kind of finish through people and use the mid-range and do a few things. And he's having a good year on a Washington team that doesn't have much going on. So I don't see why Pascal couldn't be relatively effective. It's not like he's playing next to Steph and Clay. If he was playing That's next to thing. Steph and Clay and being effective, I'd be like, okay, man, go stick him on the uh, exactly. Go stick him on the Bulls and let's see what happens. But he's he is di- on the Bulls right now. Yeah. Worse than the Bulls. He's on. He's on. He's next to Kai Bowman. Who actually, <laughs> I really like Kai Bowman. I I don't know why I like. Yeah, I mean the blonde hair's got to go. I don't know why he's got the Eminem blonde hair, but he looks legit. I and I d- did not see yeah, that here's coming. A, here's the thing. He's got that. He's caught a um. The shot's ugly though. Shot's ugly, but he's a good defender. He definitely has that. Um, he could be a Beverly type. I was just gonna say he's annoying as hell. Yeah, but and then he's got that blonde hair, and I'm like, oh, this this guy's for sure insane. There's <laughs> there's something behind the scenes here. Like I don't even want to know it. I don't want to know what Kai Bowman does behind the scenes. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying the the bleach blonde hair with the pesky defense. You can't tell me this guy does not have some weird fetishes. But- <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't think you were gonna go there. I didn't think we'd get there, but yeah, no. The the guy is uh the guy's partying with Mark Benioff in some dungeon somewhere. It is Dreamforce <laughs> this week. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, let's just let's just pretend that the Warriors drafted Kai Bowman in the first round and not Jordan Poole because that that's okay. how well, ugly it is right now. I I don't want to rip on Poole this week, but my thing is, if they're fully healthy, I always envision Poole playing most of the year in the G League. So I feel bad for him. Like this is what. What what if Smiley each didn't get hurt and was playing with the big club all year? Like he'd look terrible too. 
Are you, so are you are you still you're you're still holding on to Jordan Poole stock? I'm holding on to it because why would I sell it at this? There's no like, point. There's, this is there's no point. This is just. I mean, if you want to say you never think he'll be a player, that's fine. But I I think he can shoot. I think it's going to take him a minute. I think he's in a terrible situation. Terrible, and it is. I, I find it fascinating because you look at the two um, you look at the two rookies right now that are playing and. Uh, Eric Pascal's in a terrible situation. He's the number one offensive option right now, and he's he just scored 30 points, and he's done it multiple times. You look at Jordan Poole, who's in a terrible situation, but he probably could be the second or third best offensive offensive option, and he just hasn't been able to show it so far, which, you know, isn't it really a knock so much on Jordan Poole rather than, damn, it makes Pascal look good. Like, right. it makes him look good to where it's like you can just put the ball in Eric Pascal's hands, and he's getting buckets against NBA defenses. Uh, uh, as a rookie, again, he's he's what, 22, 23, whatever he is. He just turned 23, but still impressive. Top 10 pick <laughs> in a redraft. Top 10 pick in a redraft. Yep. All right, is it time to do a read? Uh yeah, we got one. All right, let's do let's do uh let's do untuck it. So the holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy or girl in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untucked shirts are actually designed to to be worn untucked. Untucked shirts always fall, that's me all the time, always fall at just the right, just right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. Ever seen untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untucked, the original button down shirt, actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untucked shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. length and with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade or just buy it for yourself. Um, so what you can do is more. Okay. So there's more than 50 fit combinations. Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. So just like me and you, Sam, tall, short, or well, not short, slim, athletic. Um, What's that supposed you, to mean? <laughs> you can find your favorite Untucked style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs super short flannels outerwear and more with untuck it your shirts will never look baggy bulgy too long or too big again and their website is easy to use they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit so whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just crafting or you're trying to craft a smart relaxed style of your own untuck it is the way to go that's untuckit.com code blue for 20% off at checkout. Untucket.com, promo code BLUE for 20% off. Right. Nice, man. Um, I do love me some Untucket shirts. Solid how fit. Many do you, how many do you have? Um, a couple. But they fit well. Good work shirts. Really good work shirts. Really good versatile shirts. You look like a flannel guy. Like, I feel like you're a flannel guy. No comment. Um <laughs> So, so our friend who is in no way on the free agent market and not someone we want the Warriors to sign, uh, Giannis, <laughs> had some quotes. I, by the way, I can't take this serious. Uh, Grant Liffman, friend of the show with the mustache and the blazer. Oh, uh, yeah. Let, let's. I'm gonna text him right now. He looked. He does look preposterous. Are you doing no? Uh, November. November. I was gonna say something no, else. I'm, but... I'm not a frat boy. <laughs> I mean, you've got a full beard and everything. Like you could, like someone like me, you don't want to do it, but you could, you could pull it off. 
I mean, there's no shortage of hair growing that I can't do. I'm the Jordan of hair growing. But um, notice Jordan, meaning I'm great at it, not the LeBron, meaning I tell people I'm great at it. Yeah, I was good. But uh, um, back to Giannis. Let's move forward. Um, So would you agree with me? Giannis is probably the next big superstar that no one's sure if he's going to resign. Correct. Because who? Let's run through this. Who are the other superstars? Who, you know, like we're lucky. People people don't think Steph's leaving the Warriors because he's had a requisite amount of success here, right? People don't think AD is leaving the Lakers because it's the Lakers. Um, so who's who are the next superstars who people think might leave? Giannis. Giannis Embiid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Keep going. Embiid's contract runs two years longer. Then okay, he's honest. got a little bit more. He signed so, one. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, but his, maybe his, just his, I like his him. contract's also two to three years longer than than Giannis. That's about it. If you're talking about one or two years, that's about it, right? I can't think of anyone else. So, so Giannis is the next guy coming up, and who knows? He could stay in Milwaukee, but there's noise. So, interview. Uh, obviously, Malcolm Brogdon having a All Star caliber year. Do you think he's gonna make All Star? It's the Eastern Conference, and we make, we make the All Star team. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Um, Giannis says, "Definitely wish he was still here." One of my friends, one of the guys that I always teased every day when I see him, call him ugly. We just go back and forth. I'm going to miss that, but at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you. I wish him the best. I wish his team the best. I'm excited to play against him. Can you imagine this team with also Malcolm, Giannis said? But hey, man, everyone takes their own decision. His decision was to go to Indiana and build a team over there. I think that's what's best for him. Ooh. Ooh. You know, was that the quote? That's the full quote. Um, There's more quotes to it, but like, there's nothing that I can, you know, I I paraphrased everything. Do you know who Malcolm Brockton sounds like, Sam? Do you know what I'm thinking of? Uh, I think you're thinking of a certain NBA player who is a legend in the strip clubs. The quite opposite. Do you know Malcolm Brogdon's nickname is Humble Moses? I thought it was like the president or something. It's also the president. Humble Moses. I didn't know. (laughs) Who the hell gave him that nickname? Ironically, he's going to play the same role as a player who's quite different than him (laughs) personality-wise. Do you know what Brogdon's averaging right now? Uh, in the twenties, right? I, I looked at the numbers. And I was shocked, absolutely shocked. Nineteen and nineteen, eight and five. That's crazy. That's insane. It's not like the Pacers are an offensive friendly team. I don't think like they're not. They're not. Like, they're not. But they're a yeah. good team. And honestly, if Oladipo comes back, him and Oladipo. Oh, that's a great fit. That's a nice. That's a nice little backcourt there. They need to figure out some bonus of Miles Turner, but. Um, yeah, doesn't doesn't Malcolm Brogdon sound a little bit like James Harden? Doesn't Giannis sound like a little bit like Kevin Durant watching his best friend leave? I don't know. I don't know. It kind of sounded like that when you're reading. I I purposely didn't read the quote. I just kind of wanted to hear from you first. Um, and when I saw when I heard you say that, it just reminded me of it. Now Brogdon isn't as good as Harden, but it's certainly the same sure. kind of idea. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks essentially let him go. He was a restricted free agent. They could have just – the only thing that they'd have to pay for Malcolm Brogdon is tax money and decide not to. So they couldn't use the money anywhere else. Um, and here we are. 
So, I, so what do you do with, because some things that I've heard are Brogdon didn't want to come back. And that's kind of something that Thunder people said about Harden, which was they could have matched it, but he wanted to leave. What do you say to that? So, <laughs> right? So you're, you're going with the, uh, the, full, the full immigrant dad, which is, you know, yeah. you, don't have, you don't have a say in this. This is my house. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, yeah, and you can say that, you can say maybe it's kind of like an NFL mentality too, where it's like, whatever I say, but so, like, if I have the power to be able to, if, if to you're give a restricted you, free agent, I'm going to use your restricted rights. I'm going to use those rights. I'm going to pay you a lot of money. And look, if you want to be traded a year from now, then ask for a trade. We'll, we'll figure out and, and we'll trade you. We'll get some value for you, but I'm not going to just let you walk and, lose a talented player like that. I think the Bucks knew how good Brogdon was. Not like Brogdon suddenly is averaging 19 points. He was really good on that team. He was probably the second best player, wouldn't you agree? Third. Throughout a lot of but those yes. playoffs. It was him, it was Giannis, and then, I mean, Middleton struggled a little bit. But yeah, second or third best player on that team. I, I don't know how you let that walk. That's indefensible. What else could they have done, right? It's not like they replaced 80 mil with somebody else. They didn't do that. They got Brooke Lopez. Hey, don't like, forget oh, sorry, they don't got Robin, Robin Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say sorry, they got Robin Lopez, right? It, so I guess the point here is, even if Giannis says all the right things, and you know he he says he wants to stay, it almost does feel like unless they make the NBA Finals or they play seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals, there's smoke, right? There, there's something really going on to where he might think of of jumping. Okay, let's move this forward. Um... I think that's fair. I don't think that's crazy. No, I, I agree with you. So if you're the Warriors, do you go all in trying to trade for him in the summer? Or would you rather wait for free agency so you don't have to give up everything? Oh, it's the uh, it's the Lakers dilemma, isn't it? Or the Carmelo dilemma of way back. So um, I'm just, I, this is, let's assume if you wait for free agency, you can still keep Stephen Clay, which... Given uh, Daryl Morey's comments and China and the cap situation, we don't know if that's the case in two years. It's, <laughs> it's way too far out to predict, right? But let's just assume it is, right? So let's say your options are, you know, you can keep Pascal at, you know, 20 bucks a year and like Jordan Poole at nothing and whatever rookie you get. But like you got to get rid of D'Lo and Draymond. Yeah, it'd be the pick D'Lo and Draymond to start and maybe like another future, you would think. Um, I think it'd be like three futures, honestly. Yeah, something. I mean, just looking crazy. at the price that everyone else has gone for, you giving him a bunch of pick swaps. But in my opinion, it's worth it because he's twenty four. He's going to be twenty five at Christmas, and you know, as long as you have Giannis in his twenties, you're not going to be picking above twenty. I I agree with you. I agree with you. You do whatever you need to get Giannis. As long as you have Steph, you have Clay, you have Giannis. Um, and here's here's my take. I think I don't think they can get him in free agency. I think they have to trade for him. I think if he gets to free agency in 2021, I don't know that he's going to be attracted to playing with 33 year old Steph and 31 year old Clay. I That's think he. I think he might be looking at Dallas and seeing Luca, who's 21, and Chris Stapps, who's 24. You might be looking at Atlanta and seeing like Trey, who's 22, 23. You get what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden the Warriors are like 
I'd have liked to play with those guys, but like they got one, two years left in them. These other guys I could build a, you know, long-term thing with. I really think, um, I think this is where the Warriors getting that pick and kind of stockpiling assets is huge. Cause I don't know that they're going to be able to get a young free agent. We also don't know how Giannis, you know, what Giannis, his mindset is, right? Cause everybody's different. Kevin Durant was probably the most different that sure. we've ever seen. Uh, just someone who would go to a team uh, like the Warriors and then someone that would leave the team like the Warriors never before seen. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. Uh, Anthony Davis, who uh, went to the Lakers when they're terrible, but essentially just for LeBron James and LeBron's 34. So you talk about Stephen Clay being how old they are. LeBron's even older than when he got Anthony Davis. Well, so yeah, honest, he's, we have he's no signed. He, his agent is LeBron's best friend. He's he's just getting money <laughs> under the table. There's no but he there. switched his agent to him. It wasn't like he always had that agent. So we don't know. Maybe Giannis switches his agent to you know whoever, who the hell ever Steph has or whatever it is. But yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard. Well, that, how much do we thing. know about Giannis? That's like the Kevin Durant thing in OKC. How much do we know about KD back then? Well, apparently not much. How much do we know about Giannis now? I don't know. I think my thing I want to tell Warrior fans is I feel very confident the Warriors will have a seat at the table when he wants to make that decision. But only one team gets him. And just because they're one of the final five doesn't mean that they're going to get him, right? It also kind of fits into like, I think we know that Steph loves, you know, kind of he loves Joel Embiid. I think that's also a kind of a guy that they've pinpointed to see, you know, when he's a free agent, that's someone that they're going to want to get as well. How much, how close is Steph with Giannis kind of thing? Because we understand that a lot of the reason why Kevin Durant came over was I want to be part of Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, all these guys. Um, and we don't know how close they are. I mean, there's no – well, there is Team USA coming up, but Giannis doesn't play <laughs> on Team USA, right? So uh, that's another thing as well because, you know, that was one of the reasons, you know, kind of how the Warriors came together a few years well, ago. So, all, yeah, it's crazy. All, all I'm saying is he can love Steph. He can respect him. He can say he wants to play with him. He probably wants to play with six different players. And, you know, if Steph is number two on that list – it's not like you split him in half and you get him for half the games. You know, he only picks one team. I, I, I mean, I think that the Warriors they're gonna make that trade a hundred, hundred, hundred times though. You know, if that if that thing is on the table, I don't think there's a chance that they say no. Like, there's no. I, chance. I agree with you. So, so this brings up the the question, which is the the number one priority for the Warriors between now and whenever that comes up should be what, and that's developing and stockpiling as many assets as you can get, right? Mm-hmm. Lose a lot of games, which well, is essentially I mean, who, what Who cares now. about losing the games, but it's like develop Pascal because now you got a second whoa, round of Whoa, whoa, who... whoa, 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 whoa. That's an untradeable player right there. Stop. But, okay. <laughs> you're going to have to keep Giannis. I mean, you're going to have to say no. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is like the goal should be to develop, make every asset the maximum version of itself. So... For Warrior fans who feel the season's lost, that should be kind of like the number one thing, which is, you know, Giannis could be traded next summer. We don't know that, but, you know, it's going to have you have a better shot at that. It's not just the draft pick. It's Jordan Poole looking decent in the second half of the year. It's Pascal being more than just, you know, kind of a cool story, right? It's it's trading Alec Burks for an extra pick. It's... You know, keep going down the line, right? It's it's Omari Spellman, 
doing something. So you're like, okay, he's kind of a player. Um, I think it's more important though that the Bucks lose and they lose early and they sure. lose in, in this in the way that uh, I just compared him to Kevin Durant situation. But now I'm going to compare it to um. Because I think Kevin Durant thought he was going to leave that year. I think I, I'm going to compare it to LeBron James in Cleveland, to where it almost felt like it was just Giannis and himself, and LeBron and himself. And I think that there's going to come a frustration point where Giannis is going to look around this postseason. I, I I still think maybe that they could beat the Sixers, but let's say they lose to him, and he says, "Well, w- how can we get better here?" Right? How can we get better? And if we're not going to get better, what's the point of me staying? Why would I sign a four-year extension with you guys? Why would I sign the max extension with you guys? If he's not going to do that, then the Milwaukee books are going to say, well, we're not just going to let you hang for the year. Right? Then, then, then those conversations start to happen. Then it's going to be sharks in the water. You know, It's going to be like the Lakers going to come in and the Warriors going to come in, Miami. Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, all these teams. Wow. But, but Giannis in Toronto, that's a championship team. Um but Giannis. What about Giannis and Dallas? Yeah, I mean, what are, what are they going to give up though? Um, just like eighteen picks in like thirty six years? Just all of them. Two thousand twenty, Yeah. Um, but I, I think that that's kind of like the. But isn't it setting up to be that way? Don't you? I know you watch a lot. You watch a lot of hoops. That's just not the Warriors. Don't you watch the Milwaukee Bucks? And don't you get that feeling? You don't feel like that. That's a championship team, do you? Like, no, you don't they're in, they're in a bad situation. Obviously, Middleton's hurt now, and you know that's a but it's a short term injury. It's going to hurt their win loss, but like he's going to come back fine. But watching them, it's like I, I don't know that Bledsoe got any better. I think he's probably got worse. Um, and they were kind of dependent on 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 Brogdon. Brogdon was. I don't want to say he was their Lou Will or their staff or anything like that, but he was like, he's kind of their counterpunch, right? They needed that guy. Cause that's not Middleton. That's not Giannis. And now they don't have it. And it's like Dante DiVincenzo. And you know, they're always going to play good defense cause they have Giannis and Middleton. And like that alone makes you a top 10 defense. Right. Uh, but like, where are they going from there? Right. They're, they're just kind of stuck. Yeah. They, 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 Brogdon was a, was a shot creator, um, a good shooter, uh, and and with Bledsoe, he's just less consistent, um, even if he's good defensively. So they needed all of those guys because outside of Giannis, they really didn't have any other A-list players. So when you get down to that, it's like, I mean, I, you got to kind of keep them. But um, we'll move on. We'll we'll see what happens there. Um, do we have do we have another? Uh, oh, we had we did have a take. Um, you had a, you had a Clippers take that we want to get to. I don't know that I'm ready to go on my Clippers take. Our, our friend, I can't take Grant seriously right now. Um, what was I going to say? You're, you're watching. Uh, you're watching the Warriors post game and not the uh, the Rams. The Rams. I guess you're you're you don't care about the NFC. No, no, I do. It's the remotes on the other side of the room, and I can't get up and change. It. <laughs> Grant, Grant, we love you, but um, the mustache got to go. Um, Paul George came back, and he's been absolutely amazing, and. It's just a reminder to me that I I would rather take a wing like Paul George, who maybe isn't a first option over a lot of players who people deem better. That's my take. I don't nope, have, I need I'd names. Ra- nope, I'd rather I need have names. Paul George than Anthony Davis or James Harden. There, there we go. 
I don't think any of those guys can be the best player on a title team. I'd rather have Paul George as my number two, though. Got it. So your your point is you don't think that James Harden and Anthony Davis can lead a team to a title or be the first option. So if you're not going to want them as the first option, give me Paul George as the two option rather than James Harden and Anthony Davis as the two option. Yeah, I, this changes if Anthony Davis actually buys into playing center all the time, just to be clear. But he doesn't. Right now he's playing like the Marcus Aldridge. And he's really good, and he's an amazing defender. But I'd rather have the wing who can D up one through four and score like that and shoot like that than the guy who needs his 20 post-up touches to defend. <laughs> um, I think I'm with you. Is that, I is think that a I'm, hot take? I think I'm with you. I, I think it is a hot take. Uh just in terms of if you look at what James Harden has accomplished, you know, kind of in the regular season, let's not forget that it's not like Paul George is an all-time great playoff performer or even a great playoff performer. Uh, so he's probably mediocre at best in the postseason. So I'd hesitate to say I'd rather have him, but I see your point. With Anthony Davis, I just don't think we've seen him enough in the postseason, which is kind of a problem. He hasn't led anyone in the postseason uh, besides a couple times. But I, I'm with you on I, – I think I'd rather have Paul George than James Harden uh, as my two guy. I think I'd still rather have Anthony Davis, though. Um, I just think that if you're talking about two-way players, James Harden is not going to be a two-way guy. But I'd rather have the guy that can protect the rim uh, rather than the guy that can protect the wing um, in the postseason. Uh, but... I'd rather the guy doesn't quit on games. So. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's fair. I, I think if Anthony Davis committed to playing the center – I don't think it's a question because I think he's the best center in the NBA when he wants to be it. But the amount of time he spends saying he's not a center and the amount of post-up touches he demands in a LaMarcus Aldridge type of way, I don't know, man. It's people, maybe, people. Maybe, maybe he grows out of it, but it's he's not so – here's the thing. LeBron does that, but LeBron is so much better than everyone that you – Deal with it, right? Yeah. Anthony yeah. Davis is not that much better than Paul George, so you deal with it. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I think a lot of the times too, people don't realize how much kind of the um, how much the mental side matters, how much somebody is willing to sacrifice matters. It's easier. It's going to be easier for Paul George, someone like Paul George, to sacrifice and be a two option because Paul George has never really be the num- never really been the number one guy. Uh, even when he was on those Pacers teams, I mean, kind of everybody was the number two guy. Um. So it was easier for Just them to 18, sacrifice. 18, 18 apiece across the board. Yeah. Across the board, right? They were like the, the shitty D- Detroit Pistons that won the title. Um, but you look at Anthony Davis, you can just tell, right? Like he's always been the number one guy. So you ask him to take a step back. It's like, ooh, that, that's kind of always why it was so like cool to watch the Warriors because you can kind of tell Clay too. He's kind of comfortable who he is, what option he is, Draymond, um, even Steph. And then it worked with Kevin Durant because those guys could – Hey, KD could be comfortable being the two or the one. I mean, until the till the last season, but they were comfortable being able to do that. And yeah, you're right. I mean, like, look at Carmelo Anthony, who's in the league now again, somehow. Uh, the Blazers are a mess. But he, he, I also, he also, got, um, also got Dame to sign that extension. And he's like, immediately guts the team and gives him mellow. Like, just... <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, ooh. But I, it's I, like when you, he, uh, it's when you sign a cl- contract with your client and you're like, oh, I'm going to take care of you. And the minute you sign it, you're like, all right, now it's time to fuck off. 
<laughs> it's like DeAndre, you get if I sign with you, you got to sign my boy DeAndre Jordan. Says KD and Kyrie. Um, but with Carmelo, it always felt like to me like the only, the reason why he couldn't win more was um, it was just mentally he just he didn't ever want to sacrifice money, which is fine. But he also never wanted to sacrifice who he was on the court either, um, and play a style that would benefit everyone. I mean, you can kind of say that about James Harden, right? And like Russell Westbrook. Um, yep. I guess it's it remains to be seen with Anthony Davis. I, I like him. I just oh God. But hey, to to this point though, the Clippers they they don't have a really good record. But man, who's gonna beat them? <laughs> who's we'll gonna see. beat them? Well, we we got a lot of season to get into this, but we got to go over to the premium side. Oh yeah, that's true. We got to do a little uh, love the game, love the fame. I think we're going to get into it with uh, a little Kaepernick, a little Harden, a little MJ. Might even, get, might even get to some Al Davis. Oh, boy. All right, man. Let's, let's flip it over there. You guys should subscribe. Go. How do they subscribe, Andy? Uh, so you do uh, Blue Wire Pods, Light Dash Years Dash Premium. Uh, and from there, all the directions are there. So really easy, 99 cents for the first month. Uh, and then five dollars from then on out. Pretty simple. Um, so you'll get recap episodes. You'll get interviews, exclusive interviews. Uh, you will yeah, get free free stuff, free shirts. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. We've been giving giving out free shirts like every week. That's yeah, right. that, there'll be some other free stuff. I don't want to give away what we're giving. You know, you guys got to just take the leap of faith. Nice. But anyway, um, yeah, we'll get over there. <laughs>